0: Warning, the following podcast contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners and could lead to uncomfortable questions from children, and maybe your parents. Anyway, discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you alongside reporters to talk Arizona politics. I'm Yvonne wingett Sanchez, a national political reporter at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com.
0: And I'm Ron Hanson, I cover the congressional delegation.
1: It's the day before Thanksgiving. The election is finally over and we are done with our mop-up work. We wanted to look back on some of the wildest moments from the campaign. We're gonna take you through some of our most memorable and these represent some of the wildest and the funniest moments of this cycle. This week, I'll be in Idaho with my family. We'll be screaming at each other, my brother and sister. I know what my Thanksgiving is going to look like. What will Paul Gosar's look like, Ron?
0: Uh, that is a really good question and one that uh, I think the whole country wants to know the answer to after one of the most memorable ads of the entire campaign cycle. I think my brother has traded a lot of the values we had at the, at our kitchen table. I
1: couldn't be quiet Well, anymore. can you take us through that ad? I mean, it got national attention and it was just brutal.
0: Yeah, so... Paul Gosar comes from a pretty sizable family. He has nine siblings, and um, they, as it turns out, are not necessarily like he is uh, on politics. And they decided to throw in for his opponent, Dr. David Brill. And rather than just doing that, they decided to Cut a campaign commercial. My name is Tim Gosar. David Gosar. Grace Gosar. Joan Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Jennifer Gosar. Paul Gosar is
1: my brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill.
0: Dr. Brill. Wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill for Congress. Ouch.
1: Totally brutal. Like, I know that siblings don't always get along, but this is pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah, this was, as I said, this is an ad that had everybody talking across the country on this. Look, Paul Gosar has said and done a lot of things in the last two years that have stood out often for the wrong reason. This is one that really kind of was almost unfair. You're feeling sorry for this man at this (laughs) point. It's like, really? And, you know, not only are these siblings obviously having problems with Paul— but what about the ones that didn't come on here? It's like, this is going to be crossfire at the Thanksgiving table.
1: I can't wait to hear your narrative post-Thanksgiving on how that thing went. Well, Nick Pearson, he's the Republican who ran for the U.S. House. He also, um, this is absolutely one of my favorite ones, he, he made waves um, in his first and only uh, primetime debate with his uh, Democratic challenger, Raul Grijalva. What happened there?
0: Okay, so there's the debate. But before we get to that, there was a planning meeting. This was the first debate of the cycle for the Republic working with Horizon. And Yvonne and I are trying to plan out and consider questions and whatnot. And you thought about raising an issue about, you know, their background.
1: So I was looking uh, online, or doing some research. Yeah, I don't cover the congressional delegation like you do, obviously, and I'm trying to get to know who these candidates are, what their what their selling points are, and I noticed that both of them are really playing up the um, Latino leader angle. And I thought in that planning meeting that it might be a good idea to, to bring up that question, like, you know, what makes a good leader in the Latino community? I didn't win that battle.
0: Yeah, uh, you were overruled on that, uh, quite out of hand, as I recall. So then we get to the debate. Let's get it started, Nick. Um, You are running against an experienced member of Congress. Why? I've been watching the incumbent since I was in college, and he's not a good example of a Mexican, he's not a good example of a Mexican-American, and he's not a good example of an American. He's not a good role model for the people in our community. That's why I'm running. Okay, Uh, we we definitely need a response to that.
1: (laughs) I almost thought that I blacked out. (laughs) Like it was so, I could not believe what was going on. And I felt like I was, I needed help because I had to (laughs) moderate that debate. And I just, I couldn't, it was like I couldn't believe that I had heard what Nick Pearson said like was actually true. Like I thought I was kind of dreaming or something. <laughs> and my eyes got all big and I felt myself doing something that I shouldn't be doing. Like I just couldn't believe it. And then the fact that it it didn't end there. Like, and it the
0: went the, on. the direction that we're going in is clearly the wrong direction. He creates a superstition that because of his Mexicanness, really, I'm as Mexican as he is. You look at our culture. Our families were not that far uh, geographically from each other, so, so when it you look just
1: went on and on, and I couldn't even believe it. I had to ask Congressman Grijalva if he drinks on the job, and he said no. And Mr. Pearson, I, I want to give uh, the congressman a chance to respond to one specific allegation. Have you been drunk on the job? No. Okay. I tried to move on. Moving and on. And again, like here we an hour of this. At one point, Pearson accused Grijalva of putting his own interests in front of um, the, the districts. And, uh, I remember us asking him like, Hey, can you explain specifically how he's done that? And he says, well, if you look in the public record, there's a number of areas and that's been the case. And we kept asking him, can you give us examples? And all he would say is, well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh so thank you, Nick Pearson. You uh, you made the election debates uh, quite memorable. That that was the first one out of the gate, and as it turns out, it was the best.
1: It was the best. The next uh, debate featured uh, con- uh, congressional district nine candidates. Uh, that was where Greg Stanton and um, Mr. Ferrara, Steve Ferrara, were uh, on stage for an hour batting back and forth and ferrara i mean he was the republican he wanted to take it to to stanton this was the one chance he had the one and only shot he had in this prime time <clears throat> uh episode to to really shine So, you know, there you are, like, you, like, literally almost have, like, this live grenade in your hand. You don't know what's going to happen in this debate. And then we're coming off of the crazy one, you know, with Raul Grijalva and Nick Pearson. I was expecting some kind of fireworks, right? Like, the bar had been set in some regards. Ferrara's trying to get to Stanton, and Stanton is just sitting there with his head cocked kind of up, and at one point, like I literally thought he had fallen asleep. Like, his <laughs> eyes were closed, and I, I couldn't figure out. At one point, I would, wanted to just slap him across the chest and be like, "Wake up! Like, come, on, keep, go, go!"
0: <laughs> oh, Congressman-elect, let's. There's going to be some dry debates. Uh, you're gonna, you're, you don't know what you just signed up for. So please spare us disease.
1: Well, and he was clearly trying to just get through it without making any news any waves and that's pretty much what he did his opponent steve ferrara went viral with a very likable uh tv ad
0: why send dr steve ferrara to congress in the fifth grade he wore this for his school picture did he get beat up of course he did
1: even if you know even if you're not a republican even if you don't agree with him on policies you gotta like the guy
0: yeah, this is somebody who uh, leans in on the, uh, the nerdy uh, kind of uh, outlook. And... and he doesn't care what people think. He holds hands I give him men. credit. He, he, holds he, men uh, like he had this one and let it fly.
1: And oh yeah, he saved a dolphin. Did your candidate save a dolphin? I didn't think so. Steve Ferrara, volatile wearing head-shaven, man-holding, dolphin fiction,
0: badass. Paid for by AFPIC. Americans for Badass.
1: That was, I think, probably my favorite ad of the cycle. Yeah,
0: this is this is the best ad of the cycle. I agree. Uh, you know, this is fun, and, uh, you know, I think we take politics too seriously sometimes. This is having a, a laugh, and you know what? It's good for Steve Ferrara for letting us share in that.
1: So the ad that was never cut was the one featuring Sheriff Joe Arpaio on Sasha Baron Cohen's TV show. This is the infamous segment in which Joe Arpaio shows up at an L.A. warehouse thinking he's going to appear before a Finland audience live and is totally and utterly and epically punked. Hello,
0: Pippi It's me, OMG, with Boy,
1: OMG. Dab, dab, just hands. And today I've got a special guest? It's not just me unboxing. No, I'm with Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Uh, so he and he is the
0: top. Took it like sheriff. a champ. I
1: guess I could, <laughs> 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 I gotta give him that. It was a pretty raunchy episode, though. I mean, you've got this 86-year-old guy who is, a, I mean, you know, it's Joe Arpaio. We've all known Joe Arpaio. We've all interviewed Joe Arpaio. Um, and, you know, he's a human being, and the fact that he stayed for this entire interview because he, he thought he was literally on live TV, and he's not one to... In Finland! I know, but he's not one to ever shut down a, shut down an interview, even if it goes, goes bad. Um... You know, he he stayed for the whole thing. He was asked about golden showers. He was asked Did about, extra, and I can say this because, because we were actually allowed center. to put it in the story, you which I couldn't believe. He was asked about hand jobs, he was asked about a blowjob. job. He was asked possible. about, um, oh, was asked Lord, about so his strong relationship strong with Donald Trump. You up after and, says, and, you know, I don't got got think that this thing had any impact on his Senate his bill, bid at all. An amazing
0: yeah, I think this got him the sympathy vote. By the way, there are only 116,000 of those, so who's laughing?
1: <laughs> so he sat there for like six minutes having this conversation with Sasha Baron Cohen, who is like unwrapping, I don't know, for, for people who have kids, like he's unwrapping these little boxes of these toys called Shopkins. And he's just sitting there having a conversation with, with Joe Arpaio about the, the golden showers and the... Um, you know his relationship with Trump, illegal immigration and it wasn't until days before the episode aired that Arpaio went public and acknowledged that he had been punked and we had a pretty remarkable well, conversation well, with the guy
0: him. was never from Finland, he was posing as a famous <clears throat> comedian from Finland
1: what was and the so question about what was the question about sex
0: well he threw in some connotations
1: uh, I kind of like to say this, I'm kind of bashful, like, hand job, even then, you know, a couple other things, uh,
0: what do you call it, uh, 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 uh let me think, uh, shower, golden showers, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, what the hell's this got to do with the interview? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I will never forget that moment. I was, I was speaking to him, I was speaking to him on speakerphone because, like, I needed to record the interview. And uh, Wagner, Dennis Wagner, our, one of our investigative reporters, comes over and you're over sitting next to me and you guys are just... <laughs> laughing so you could not have made it up it was a really unforgettable moment and you know, i still feel sorry for joe i'm sorry
0: yeah like i said this uh, he won the sympathy vote out of this one uh, which i didn't think was possible but there you have it sheriff joe arpaio one of the stars of the campaign as it turns out
1: That's right. People always said, oh, this is going to be an easy job. Nothing easy about it, folks.
0: Okay, so there was another star of the primary election, as it turned out, and it was Donald Trump.
1: So as you may remember, I know it seems like a while ago, but really it was only a few months. uh, Kelly Ward, who was vying for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate, She started distributing mailers that featured the president in them. These are pictures that were taken uh, last year during her visit to Mar-a-Lago where she saw the president. She took a picture with him.
0: So what's wrong with that?
1: Well, she was asked not to use the photo according to our sources. Not only did she not make them public, she like literally put them in a campaign mailer. and we tried to get comment from her campaign about why they decided to to go this route and whether or not this served as an endorsement and this is what we got. Uh, I'm not offer a comment on this one. So, uh, Okay. You can just read
0: the story when it comes out. Ouch again. So, Kelly Ward is the uh was the gift that kept on giving throughout the campaign. It just seemed like she found the rake in the dark consistently. This was just another one of them. If I'm not mistaken, like the mailer was almost like trying to hide the picture that she couldn't wait to use, <laughs> too. Which is like you can't you can't just hide the picture on a mailer.
1: No, and you know what was so funny about this? So <clears throat> I was going to Republican women's clubs as I was, you know, going to try to... Hear the candidates and hear their pitches to voters, and I wanted to see how these base voters, these these very high efficacy, hardcore, loyal Republicans, were responding to the messages and the candidates. And at every single um, campaign event that I would go to, I always peruse the tables. Right, you got to pick up the campaign material for fact checks, for quotes, right. for you know, you want to see what they look like. Well, lo and behold, if this mailer just suddenly <laughs> appeared on the table <laughs> two weeks before the Senate primary, I couldn't believe it. I, I, And it wasn't fancy. It was like literally on like the cheapest kind of material that you could buy, like uh, stock paper that you could buy. And it was just like a picture of the two of them. And then next thing you know, this thing is like mailed out to a bunch of homes. And I knew because I knew about that photo I knew that the photo was being inappropriately used. And her spokesperson defended the mailer um, and said it's altering of um, something else that was featured in it. It it was the president's tweet, an altered tweet. Um, They said, look, that this was just not disingenuous. I did reach someone who uh, spoke on behalf of Trump's campaign, and he made it very clear that the president had not endorsed anyone in the gop primary and that the picture should not be used as such
0: okay so trump 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 he is the the common denominator to so many things he came to see martha mcsally in october to try and pump some air in her campaign what do you remember from
1: that well i do remember that kelly ward got another picture with donald trump
0: (laughs) (laughs) great just in time (laughs) just
1: in time for the 2020 cycle um so while most people were paying attention to what was happening you know on stage and uh by you know some of the some of the speakers i was trying to get a sense of what was happening behind stage and on the rope line because that body language tells us a lot, right, about the relationships, about um, who's on the wrong side of who. And I saw all of them lined up. And the at the same time, I was getting like real-time pictures from a source who was right there. I'm not gonna say who it was. And it was the most remarkable political theater that was happening behind the scenes.
0: So what did you say?
1: I saw Martha McSally and Kelly Ward hugging it out,
0: this this after a very
1: brutal primary election where there were a lot of hard feelings. That moment of of them hugging it out uh, against the backdrop of a presidential visit to me was, was remarkable. Hey, Gagglers. It's your producers, Taya and Taylor. We're going to do a special episode in December featuring questions from you. Are you curious what the state legislature will be doing this upcoming cycle? Do you want to hear from a particular reporter? Well, we want to answer those questions and curiosities. So here's how you can send in questions and possibly have your voice on the gaggle. Number one, you can call us at 602-444-4946 and leave your question on a voicemail. Number two, You can record a video of yourself and direct message it to Yvonne or Ron on Twitter, or you could just post the tweet and tag them. Remember their handles, at Yvonne that's W-I-N-G-E-T-T, or at Ronald J. Hansen, that's H-A-N-S-E-N. You could also direct it to the Arizona Central Politics Twitter account, with that handle being at A-Z-C politics. And number three, you can record a voice memo on your phone and send it to us, your producers. Our emails are tseely at arizonarepublic.com, that's T-S-E-E-L-Y at arizonarepublic.com, or teaprice at azcentral.com, that's T-E-A dot P-R-I-C-E at azcentral.com. So that's it. Send your questions over the phone, on social, and via email and be sure to listen in the coming weeks to see if your question is featured. Mr. Tom O'Halloran, he is the Democrat who locked down uh, his reelection campaign against Wendy Rogers, but not before he, you know, was almost duped by some uh, Republicans posing as socialists. Hello. Hi. Hi. Do you have, um, are there two young Republicans named Hamad or Jose? who NAU Young the Republicans? I don't believe so. OK. Well, I'm here uh, because two young gentlemen oh, right here yeah. uh, made this contribution to our campaign. Um, this is Oscar. And Oscar, exactly. who gave a donation under the name of Jose, which I might also add is illegal to falsify contribution information to the FEC, made this donation of cash, claiming it to be from the NAU Young Republicans. And I'm here to return it. Okay. Um, and also probably report this to the police. Um, so, uh, Oscar, I have your cash, and I'd like to return it to you, please. Here you go, Oscar. Yeah. Us returning the funds that you yeah.
0: just made to our Okay, so here's the thing you need to know about Tom O'Halloran. Tom used to be a, a, a detective in the Chicago Police Department. Uh. And... Like his staff, evidently, these folks are good, legit. <laughs> like, you get a confession on the spot for YouTube and everyone to see.
1: It is unbelievable. Like, how do they find them?
0: They knew them from social media. This is, like, just the the most amazing thing. Like, this is, you just got busted by the Scooby-Doo gang right there on the
1: spot. They went all, like, Nancy Drew on them. I mean, that was was really unbelievable. Um, We also had a very memorable, shall we call it, moment within the campaign cycle that kind of turned everything upside down.
0: Yeah, Arizona... um, As always, seems to find a way to weasel its way into the national news. And in the midst of the Brett Kavanaugh uh, Supreme Court nomination um, process, we had a a moment to investigate some pretty serious sexual uh, misconduct allegations against him. And Republicans turned to a veteran prosecutor to help them sort of get at the bottom of all this. And who did they pick? Maricopa County's Rachel Mitchell.
1: None of uh, the news surrounding the events of the Kavanaugh hearings was funny, nor were any of the allegations involved. But what was funny, I mean, no one can deny it, was SNL's depiction of it. So hi, I've got about 4,000 loose papers on this weird little baby desk they set for me here, okay? Now, okay, first of all, hello. My name is Rachel Mitchell. I'm here mostly for Twitter. everyone will constantly be referring to me as female prosecutor. You can really just call me straight up prosecutor, okay? Now, uh, before we begin... Okay, by the way, to- we have an outstanding request for Rachel Mitchell to appear on the gaggle. We would love to get her next year, anytime. We'll make it work. That offer is out there, it stands, and we promise we will not do any parodies of anybody.
0: This is the only time you're gonna hear the SNL skit. <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> so in the Year of the Woman, we uh, also had uh, several moments during the debate with uh, Republican David Schweikert where he was accused of his Democratic rival, Anita Malik, of basically mansplaining, I would say, right? Or yeah, being super yeah. condescending.
0: Respond, yeah. please. Ms. Malik, I'm, I'm sorry, but your, your math is quite wrong. Um, look, um, first package, under the old tax code, with all of its gimmicks and its so here's the thing is david schweigert is a self-identified nerd a guy who's uh, a bit of numbers compulsive and and can be i think by his own admission not the most exciting person but he also i think has a tendency to talk over people talk down to them even and anita malik wasn't having it
1: no i mean because I think the line that everyone breaks walked breaks away with with this debate was yes I know 87 is larger than 84 so thank you for that condescension. Um, but what about speaking the of condescension that corporate tax break Frank Riggs Oh Frank Riggs he is such a nice guy um, but he kind of lost his mind a little bit after it became clear that he was going to lose his bid for the uh, school superintendent gig. Uh, We were watching this play out in real time. I think I was frantically taking snapshots and sending them to our former colleague, Ricardo Cano, because, (laughs) you know, there are very few people who can appreciate, um, you know, what it's like to watch these types of just epic meltdowns as reporters.
0: So Frank Riggs got in a Twitter fight with a number of people, Republican uh, operatives and such, and just kind of melted down, and you could just see his his political aspirations like sinking (laughs) with every tweet. Culminating with him, I guess, deleting his account <laughs> about ten tweets too late.
1: <laughs> only, only very briefly, and then it reappeared on Monday morning. But like just a sample of them, um, because we don't have audio. I mean, in one, in one tip, he says to uh, political consultant David Liebowitz and attorney Thomas Galvin, who works for a law firm that is involved in marijuana litigation. He says um, Come on to my lawn, softies, and do something more than pop off on social media and get fatter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he called them punk and coward and, uh, you know, I, I think my favorite was at the end when they just said, like, enjoy your retirement. <laughs> you know, Just, you're done. <laughs>
1: i mean to his credit he did say like look i shouldn't have taken the bait the person who was trying to bait me i who i've never met has trolled me and been relentlessly um critical of him since his 2014 uh governorship bid and that you know he he should have just blocked him and, and moved on and uh Exited, left stage with dignity intact.
0: Yeah, so losing with dignity is a pretty hard thing to do. And uh, if Frank Riggs showed us how not to do it, maybe Martha McSally gave us uh, an example of how we should do it.
1: It was a concession speech. I wish you all success. That we have to concede succeeded. Even Representative Martha McSally's dog, Boomer, wanted to shake her hand. And everybody who voted for me, I'm so grateful for you as my wingman and my wingwomen in this journey.
0: Boomer is now my nominee <laughs> for best performance.
1: So on the campaign trail, Boomer has appeared multiple times. Boomer goes to the campaign office. Boomer helped her mail in her early ballot. Um, she loves that dog. And anyone who's had a pet, you know what that relationship is like.
0: Yeah, so there's a couple things we know about Martha McSally. One, she likes the A-10 warthog and wears it around her neck all the time. And two, she loves her dogs. And this was sort of uh, no surprise to anyone who has followed her for much time. And it was really just sort of this touch of humanity that I think a lot of folks wanted to see from Martha McSally the whole campaign. Oh, there it is, like a week late.
1: Yeah, he definitely stole the show. And he, I think, gave everyone a moment of laughter and gave everyone like a moment to kind of maybe take a breath, walk away from the accusations of stolen elections or, you know, rigged elections and just reminded everyone what it's like to like the other side.
0: And that seems like a pretty good way to hand off to Thanksgiving. So thank you for this trip down memory lane for uh, our uh, campaign cycle that is now behind us mercifully. And before we start thinking ahead to the next one, which will be starting in about eh, five minutes. So run. Yes, Yvonne. Pass
1: the potatoes.
0: And uh, send the turkey my way. <laughs>
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We hope you are enjoying your family and your friends. Thank you so much for following us throughout this campaign cycle. It has been quite a year. Thanks for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. We hope you had fun. At least we did. We got to empty our notebooks and our memories. If you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Twitter at Yvonne Wynge.
0: You can find me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N.
1: If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating. This episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley, Taya Francesca Price, and Kayla White. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.